0: Welcome to another David McCracken Ministries podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. It's a great joy to always be back in the home front. And recently, because of obvious reasons to us all, I haven't been able to travel quite as much. So I've been enjoying being here and it's been absolutely fantastic. Uh, My message this morning is much more of a declaration than it is a uh, preaching of a message. But um, there was a young lady sitting down to your right that's disappeared. That's right. Make sure I grab, get hold of her in the second service. Um, I felt the Lord give me something for her. Okay, there's a a brother back here in a uh, denim jacket, um, black mask. and Yes. Okay. Um, there's a coming an opportunity your way which is going to require of you something of a daring nature. That may not be your nature, but it's going to require that. Um, and I felt the Lord quicken a scripture to me for you when that opportunity uh, presents itself to you. And it's Isaiah forty-three eighteen and 19. Don't remember the former things. Don't consider the things of old. For now, it's a new thing. And it's going to be almost like something that happened to you before but didn't turn out that great. But a new opportunity is coming, and this time it's different, so be bold and embrace it. Okay. Um, This morning, um, I want to thank Pastor Russell and Pastor Sam for the incredible opportunity it is to minister this morning. And I realized that it goes globally, so we're saying hi to everybody online as well. Um, I was quickened when I read this statement um, by, it was just, I just got it on random, but it was about a guy in the Vietnam War, a Captain Dave Carey, and he was captured in the Vietnam War, and he was imprisoned by the Viet Cong, and he was beaten and tortured and imprisoned for five and a half years and they asked him afterwards, how did, you, how did you maintain your sanity in that time? And he said, well, as a child, I was taught the 23rd Psalm. I was brought up in the Christian home, Christian as a person, and, I, and he said, uh, and I loved the 23rd Psalm, so I memorized it. And he said, for five and a half years, every time I was intimidated, Every time I felt like giving up, I just recite the 23rd Psalm again and again and again because I refused to surrender the freedom of my mind. And I thought that was a powerful story how the Word of God is greater than even the most dire circumstances possible. And I felt the Lord speak to me about this statement. I said, Father, if I was to come here this morning as I am, I'm not going to preach just another message, although that would be good, but Father, what, what statement would you make if you came and spoke this morning? And as clear as anything, this statement, do not be intimidated. Do not be intimidated. So that's that's what I'm going to speak about. And, and I need to make a really clear uh, qualification before I start. I'm not talking about people. I'm not talking about politics. I'm not talking about politicians. I'm not talking about anything that is human. I'm talking about a spiritual warfare, a spiritual issue that we are all involved in right now. And for the church, it's a spiritual issue. And in Ephesians 6:12 it says clearly, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So it's not all about flesh and blood. But we wrestle against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places, in the spirit realm. And I believe the church right now is the last ray of hope for a planet that Satan has decided to take over and dominate. And the church stands as this beacon of light that says there is still hope on planet earth. And Satan cannot rule the minds of those that he does not first intimidate. And I wanna talk to you about that because we are here this morning collectively and online and individually to state quite clearly into the spirit realm. We will not surrender the freedom of our mind and our spirit. We will not be intimidated. And if he cannot intimidate you, he cannot control you. It's as simple as that. And you say, well, what gives you the audacity to say such a thing? Well, it's quite simple, really, Jesus. Jesus made me a promise. Jesus made you a promise in John 14, 27. Peace, I leave with you. That doesn't sound like confusion to me. Peace, I leave with you, my peace. And I think it's up there somewhere, maybe, it says in the Greek, security, safety, prosperity. I give to you, not as the world gives. Friends, settle it. Not as the world gives. We're of a different spirit. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Don't let it be negatively stirred or agitated. Neither let it be afraid. I looked up that word. It means to become So Jesus quite clearly said, I am gonna give you security, safety, and peace of spirit and mind, so don't get agitated. Don't get troubled by all of this. And whatever you do, do not get intimidated. And so my friends, this is what I really wanna talk to you about. And I feel that Satan is out to dominate. We know this, he's full of lies and full of deceit and full of wanting to control the minds of men and women all over the place, but he cannot do that unless he first intimidates you. He cannot control, but he cannot intimidate. And Jesus has powerfully declared to us that we are not subject to that spirit, we are subject to his spirit. Can you say amen? John 8:36. Therefore if the Son makes you free you shall be free indeed. Spiritual freedom is part of our inheritance. 2 Timothy 1:7. For God has not given us friends we should be confessing this every day of our lives. God has not given us the spirit of fear or literally intimidation, but he's given us a spirit of power which is Literally, a miraculous force of empowerment and of love and a sound, disciplined mind. I tell you what, the spirit of darkness may declare uh, 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 imprisonment, but my God and yours declares freedom. Jesus brings freedom to people. He didn't bring bondage to people. He brings freedom to people. To your spirit, to your heart, to your mind. But... As I was waiting on this and leaning into this, I felt the Lord say to me quite clearly that there are tragically many, many Christians all over the world and even probably here this morning or listening at this time are affected subtly in two areas. One, the decisions that they are making currently right now and two, the future that they are anticipating. It is so easy to subtly get undermined by this, everything that is happening around you and filling your mind and filling your heart that the choices that you make become intimidated or the future expectations of your heart. Satan's goal is to shut down. I saw this so clearly. Satan's goal is to shut down your faith initiatives. Satan fears you. He fears the God-given initiatives that he's gonna place inside of you. God is gonna God is not on the retreat. He's not saying up in the heavens right now, oh, we better play it cautious. We better batten down the hatches, we better hold on till all of this is over. God is not saying that. He is wanting to birth new initiatives in the hearts of his people. This is not a time to be intimidated. This is a time to rise up with conquest in your spirit and a new initiative burning in your heart this is a this is a glorious time of opportunity for the church of jesus christ to shine in the middle of the darkness and so my message this morning is twofold one do not be intimidated number two very important that you understand this otherwise you will be intimidated Number two, realize that any shaking that God does allow, and he does, that any shaking that he does allow, if correctly responded to, will always result in a greater spiritual authority for the believer, for the church, than ever previously experienced. So you have to understand this. Hebrews 12:28 is a very key verse for the hour. I believe prophetically right now, Hebrews 12:28 is a very key scripture. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear or godly awe. Friends, if you don't understand the word kingdom, you don't understand what he just said. You have received a kingdom which cannot be shaken. The word for the kingdom there in the Greek, basilia, it literally translated means the authority to rule over and here the scripture clearly says you have been given an authority to rule over which cannot be shaken (laughs) my friends listen to me circumstances do not determine your spiritual authority the opinions of others do not determine your spiritual authority the the prevailing opposition against anything biblical or true, that does not determine your spiritual authority. The spiritual authority of God in you that you carry cannot be shaken. My friends, you've got to get this in your mind. The authority of God is not up for grabs. The authority of God is impregnable, it's indestructible, it's eternal. It has become, it was there before the time began. It'll be there after time is finished. It comes out of the throne of God Almighty and it fills you by the power of the Holy Ghost. You cannot destroy the authority of God. And the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ is in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. is eternal, it's indestructible. I remember waking up one morning and just having an Irish moment, I guess. I'm Irish, by the way. Uh, and I said, "Who?" Oh, because the enemy was trying to intimidate me physically about something. And I and I felt like something stirred inside of me. And I said, I'm indestructible, you lying devil. And, and, and I thought, well, that was a nice Irish moment. And the Holy Spirit says, no, it wasn't. It was a Holy Ghost moment. You were speaking the truth. And we start speaking the truth rather than what every circumstances is telling you. Now, here's something that's critical. If you're going to live a life that cannot be intimidated and was walking in faith and conquest for God and obedience, then you've got to get this. What fills your sight, fills your heart. What fills your heart determines your future. I'll say it again. What fills your sight will fill your heart. And what will fill your heart will determine your future. So the big question here this morning is, what do you see? What do you see? Are you looking through the eyes of your humanity or are you looking through eyes that have been anointed by the Holy Spirit? What do you see? What is it that you choose to focus on, your worldview, your vision of the future? Because listen to me, my friends, it's only that what you see with your natural eye that has the power to intimidate you. But if you're looking through the spirit eyes of the Holy Spirit, then everything you see will empower you, ignite you, stir you up and encourage you to go forward. Now I know that someone's bound to say, but David be real, I've never been good at that. Be logical, I've never been good at that either. Just ask Lauren, she's been trying to organize me to get here this morning. It's, it's, it's be reasonable. No, no. Why should I be reasonable when I serve an utterly unreasonable God? He's, he's not reasonable in his love. He's not reasonable in his power. He's not reasonable in his grace. He's extravagant. I refuse to be reasonable but if i was being reasonable which i won't be someone might say david we 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 are actually living in times of restriction and contradiction that's our daily reality (laughs) but my friends my friends restriction and contradiction have never been a hindrance to a God that can part the Red Sea, can open prison doors, and can pull Lazarus out of a tomb. In fact, I'd say restrictions and darkness are God's opportunity. Think about it biblically. It was in the darkness of, of, of Gethsemane and the cross that Jesus brought Redemption for all mankind. Why? Because of what he saw. You, you go biblically, and, and it will tell you that is what filled his sights, what he was focused upon. He wasn't focused upon the agony of the cross, although it's incredibly acutely real to him, but he was focused, the Bible says he was focused on the hope that was set before him or set before his eyes, Hebrews 12, two. And because he was focused on the redemption of mankind, he was able to triumph because of what filled his sight and what he chose to focus upon. Friends, get it true. Get it biblical about the cross. The cross did not take the spirit of Jesus. He decided when to go. The Bible is clear. He offered up his spirit. And I'm telling you right now, Jesus didn't suffer his way out and slide the back door. Jesus took a look around him and realized, I've done it. I have redeemed all of mankind. I've finished what Father gave me to do. Okay, I'm out of here. And he never surrendered his spirit's authority for a single moment. My friends, don't surrender your spiritual authority. Darkness is God's opportunity. It was in the darkness of the lion's den that Daniel was able to change the heart of a king and a nation. Why? Because of what he chose to focus on. I've been serving the Lord and ministering now for over 54 years, It'll be 55 years at the end of this year and I look back on this and I can see all the valleys and I can see the dark times, I can see the challenging times, but I have always proven one thing, that the darkness of Satan's intention has always provided my father with an opportunity to work miraculously for his own purpose and his own agenda. And this virus is no exception is what you see. Are you looking through the eyes of intimidation? Are you looking through the eyes of opportunity that God is giving to you? I believe this is a time of fresh initiatives. I don't believe this is a time to be sitting back holding on. I believe this is a time to be taking new territory. We have a spiritual authority that cannot be shaken. My friends, uh, Lazarus went into the tomb, but I'm telling you something right now, and some of you really need to hear it, and some of you online need to hear it right now. The tomb was not the last chapter. The tomb was but the opportunity for the resurrection. And I'm telling you right now, whether it was Jesus or Lazarus, I tell you now, their testimony is a whole heap greater today because they went into a tomb than if they hadn't have gone into the tomb. Right now, you might say, I feel like I'm in a tomb. Well, awesome, awesome, look up because your day of resurrection is coming and you'll have a testimony that's far greater than if you had not gone into that tomb. This is not an hour to be intimidated. Moses. Moses was confronted by the Red Sea in front and the Egyptian army behind him. But he refused to be intimidated. He looked Godward and said, Father, what? do I do? And consequently he walked in the authority of his God, an authority that could not be shaken. Joshua was faced with an impossible Jericho, impregnable fortress, but he refused to be intimidated. He turned to his God and said, Lord, what do I do? And he took down Jericho and took the people of God into their possession. Why? Because he refused to be intimidated and he turned to God instead and got the word of the Lord, I was thinking about Deborah. Some of you might not know who she is, but Deborah, a lady in Israel, and she was the prophetess in Israel, and then she became judge in Israel, At all at a time when God's people were being intimidated and people were cowering in the tents because of the evil forces against them, and she rose up, and she then became the warrior leader of Israel as well, and she, she she absolutely refused to be intimidated by the evil, Evil that was against God's people. And she rose up and she shattered the forces of hell and set the nation free. Why? Because she looked to her God and she said, Father, tell me what to do. And she delivered a nation. Man, I could give you another 500 illustrations, but I better move on. Well, here's another one. What about Paul? In the, in Paul stormed shipwreck, rocks, sea, but what was he focused on? He knew that his father was still in control. Read the story. He, he, he didn't say, oh, the devil's done this. No, 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 no. What opportunity have for you, have you got for me right now? And the darkness of the storm and the waves and the rocks actually resulted in the redemption of an entire Uh, island full of people, and Malta came under the power of the gospel, why? Because of a shipwreck, because of a man that wasn't intimidated by the storm, but looking for the opportunity. I think of John Wesley. John, you say who? John Wesley, um, about 400 years ago. In the 1700s, John Wesley, anointed by God, rode across England on horseback, and you say, well, that's fine. Well, I, I spent the first eight years of my life over there. And it's nice for at least a day and a half a year, but I'm telling you, sorry, all those watching online, I did not mean that. I love the UK. But winter is something else. And so John Wesley would ride on his horse through sleet and rain and snow and ice, opposed by society, opposed by most of them in the church, abandoned by most of his family, no support, friends deserting him, and he brought revival to England and to the world. Why? Because he refused to be intimidated. You know what? Look around you, look around you. I think of Pastors Russell and Sam this morning. Oh, I don't mean as they are now, apostolic leaders of the globe. I'm talking about 17, 18 years ago. As a, as a young couple with a young family, being told by God, to leave their town, leave their city, leave their wider family, leave the security of their church, leave the security of their uh, proven youth movement, leave it all behind with a young family. And I know what that's like, because Margaret and I pioneered our local church in New Zealand, or I don't know, about 700 years ago. And, and, And I remember, We had a little family when we did that and that's not an easy thing to do when you're out on faith. But but Pastors Russell and Sam left it all to come to Melbourne with all sorts of demonic opposition and a little bit of human and, and dared to believe that God could do the impossible. And we're here today because two people refuse to be intimidated. You don't think, do you not think that over the last 17 years there have been times when all hell has tried to intimidate them or get them to back off or do something more logical? That's part of the job. But I'll tell you what, they keep their eyes on God. And Father, we, uh, right now, you and I, we, we imbibe of their heartbeat and DNA. You're not here by accident, you're here because God wants to raise up an army, not a natural army, but a spiritual army. Men and women and young people filled by the power of the Holy Ghost, refusing to be intimidated, taking their authority in the realm of the spirit. Why wrestle with flesh and blood when you have absolute command in the realm of the Spirit? I better work towards the eventual possibility of a possible close. I'm glad some of you are wide awake enough to hear that. My friends, it can only come by the Holy Spirit. It's got to be a work of the Spirit. And just a few moments... I'm going to get you to stand with me. Don't put it up yet. But just in a few moments, we're going to stand together and we're going to make a declaration. Oh, don't you dare make it just because it's on the screen. You you, you let it rumble out of your heart and your spirit. Let every hairy, -legged, legged little demon in Melbourne hear your voice. Do you know if you only knew who you really are? If you only knew the authority that rests inside of you when you are fully submitted to the Lordship of Christ, maybe I should have said that earlier. God is only obligated to grant you the authority for a task when that task is an extension of his own heartbeat and intention. But if you have heard from the Father and my Father has said, do it, Then with that moment of commission, that moment where the divine word of God, either written or spoken by the Holy Ghost, takes root inside of you and you come under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. My Bible says this, Oh, well, I haven't got time for all the scriptures right now, but go to it sometime. The centurion principle. But I'll tell you what it says. It basically says that the authority you're under determines the authority you carry. And so uh, as I am under the authority of the Christ, I carry the authority of the Christ. And I'm going to lead you in a declaration in a few moments. And then Pastor Joth is going to lead us and they can come now. Um, Whoever's going to come. I'm going to lead you in this declaration, but I'll listen carefully now. This this might sound a little lightweight compared to what I've just said, but it's not. It really isn't. We're, and when we have made this declaration and then when the others have taken over and then the service takes its normal course and closes here, listen carefully to me. I don't want you leaving your seat here, going out on the footpath and saying, gee, that was a nice service and gets get on with life. It's what you do with it when you get home. It's what you do with it tomorrow morning. You need to wake up every morning of your life and say, my God, I am under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. I will not surrender my spirit. I will not surrender my mind. The Word of God and the inspiration of the Holy Ghost will determine how I think. And so what I want you to do, yeah, you can all stand when I've led you in the declaration and when the service has been completed, I want you to go out there, but I want you to go, I know what it sounds like, but listen to me. I want you to go out there and go via the hub. You say, what? I said, yeah, because I had carefully selected materials and USBs and books and stuff that is gonna feed your spirit and put faith and courage in your bones. And some of you, unless you, unless God rules, oh, I didn't mean to say this, but unless God rules in your marriage, He'll never rule on the footpath. My friends, listen to me. There's areas of your life right now that you are what you feast on, what you fill your mind with, what you fill your spirit with. And I'm not just making a cheap plug. We have discounted everything. We're just about giving it away this morning. Why? Because I really want you to get into your heart. I want you to go home in the next two or three weeks and feed yourself, feed yourself with that which will give to you an anticipation of the miraculous. So go by the hub, grab bundles, go home and have a feast for three or four weeks. And now we're gonna have this deck, decora- here it is, it's already up there. But I, I, I don't want you to whisper this. I don't want you to mumble this. I want it to rumble across Melbourne and Victoria and the nation of the earth. So we'll we'll read it through a couple of times. Here we go. Number one, I walk, come on, I wanna really hear you. I walk under the divine command of Jesus, King of Kings, and his authority, which now becomes my authority, cannot be shaken. I embrace decisions of faith. I embrace future expectations of the miraculous. I will not be intimidated. Can you say amen? God bless you. God bless you. Thanks for listening. For more content, head to our website, davidmccracken.org.